I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Crystal Palace update, joined by Sam, you can find on Twitter at Sam double underscore carp. You can also find him at SportsPro and Eagles Beak, or The Eagles Beak, <laughs> technically, and I should know that because I used to write there as well. Um, Sam, an absolute pleasure uh, having you on. A little bit behind the times here, um, figure we'll start off talking about Aaron Juan Basaka, obviously one of the highlights of last season, both on the real-life pitch and also for fantasy owners, was the emergence of Juan Basaka. Surely <laughs> a delight to Crystal Palace fans as well to have somebody come through the academy at that level. Unfortunately, after mm. just the one year, he's already moved on to Manchester United from anywhere between 45 and $50 million, depending on uh, which sites you look at. What did you make of Juan Basaka's kind of emergence and then departure just within that kind of short time span? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's a, it's a really, really, it's quite a strange one, actually, because, you you know, you're always really, as you mentioned, just sad to see an academy product go. It was it was the same when Victor Moses left for um, for Wigan back in 2010 and when Nathaniel Coyne went to Southampton. Um, but the reason it's kind of a bit weirder in this scenario is obviously, given that this time about two years ago, no one, uh, a lot of Palace fans hadn't really heard of Wan-Bissaka. Um, and obviously he only really got given a chance in the first team uh, because of injuries so there's if that sort of hadn't conspired then there's a chance that you know he'd still be either playing in the academy or might have moved on elsewhere um and obviously once he did start playing it was he sort of fit, fit he sort of fits the role like a glove was you know um took on hazard in his first and in one of his first games dealt with him pretty comfortably um i think his first run of games was something like spurs um united chelsea so he was thrown at the deep end but um cope with it extremely well and you know, there was always that question of whether he could carry that form into his first full season. And as you mentioned there, I think by the end of by the end of last year, literally everyone had him in their fantasy team. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 particularly sad to see him go because he kind of developed into one of our best players and also someone who you know we'd all would have loved to have seen grow at the club and develop with us. But you know, when a club like Manchester United comes along um, and offers that kind of money. I don't really think uh, Palace are in a position to stand in their way. So, you know, and we've kind of needed to recuperate some of the money that we've spent in the past few years on, you know, maybe ex- excessive fees on 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 players demanding big wages, you know, and just to fit back in with FFP rules and whatever else. So, you know, I think it was a I think it was a deal that fit everyone in the end. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that about the fee because initially mm. Wambasaka said he was interested in staying at Crystal Palace um and so I and and others thought that probably meant he was staying because when Zaha was like I'm staying at Palace the price tag was like a hundred million 
Um, and now <laughs> he's less interested in saying it's still like 75, 80 plus. Um, why do you yep. think that Wambasaka's price tag didn't reach those levels after he had commented that he was willing to stay? Do you think that his head was turned first or do you think they just came in at 50 or a little bit below and you're like, make it 50 and, and then the deal got done? You know, I think like I think when a player's got about forty appearances to his name, um, let's remember also that he only made his debut in February last year, and someone's offering you the kind of money that's going to make him one of the top ten most expensive defenders ever. Um, you know, it's quite hard. It's quite hard to turn that kind of money down. So I think it was probably a situation where maybe Wambasaka himself maybe didn't even believe his own hype and wasn't convinced that someone would offer that sort of money for him. Um, I'm sure Palace were slightly surprised that United were willing to pay so much, as much as they did. Um, and I think, you know, Steve Parrish gets a lot of stick from our fans um, sometimes, but he's never really allowed us to have our pants pulled down when it comes to transfers. Um, you know, Yannick Balassi went to Everton for £25 million a couple of years ago. I mean, look how that's worked out. His career's kind of, he's been hit by injuries, but his career's gone in a, in a kind of, you know, in the opposite direction to the way it was looking at that time. Um, even when we were back in the championship and a player like Darren Ambrose was being linked with uh, QPR, who were going for promotion at that point, he he just he wouldn't let them have him on the cheap. Um, so yeah, I think I think it was kind of one of those situations where um, the, the player would have been happy to stay, would have been very happy to keep him. But as soon as United made that kind of offer, um, I'm sure Parrish's eyes lit up and. Once he would have sat down and spoken to Wan-Bissaka about the opportunity, I'm sure it was one that he would have been willing to take. And, you know, let's, um, let's, it's kind of important to remember that this is probably a bigger risk for United than it is for Palace. I think someone like Wan-Bissaka as a fullback is slightly more replaceable than a player like Zaha would be if he were to leave. Um, and, I mean, as good as he was last season, there's still... A long way to go in his in his development. I'm not sure he's quite as rounded as someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold yet, who is obviously a kind of you know once in a generation talent. But at the same time, it's not an easy time to be joining United. They're not kind of on this upward traje- traje- trajectory like um, like City or Liverpool. Um, there's there's still a bit of a negative atmosphere around that club at the moment, and there's an expectation there um, despite that. So. You know, he's not going to be given the same leniency that he was at Palace. He's not kind of one of their own. Um, so he will have to hit the ground running. Um, and I always think it's kind of interesting to see how a player adapts from jumping from a so-called smaller club like Palace to um, to a big club. Because it's not like they're signing someone who's played in Europe before and um, has ticked all those boxes that they're going to expect him to. Um, so so it'll be a big culture shock for him. And I think, um, I think it's going to be a lot on United to properly invest their time in him because he's you know he's still only 21 um there's definitely still a rawness about him um and it will take him time for, take time for him to settle there especially having played so much football over the past 12 months with the with the premier league and then um the under 21 euros as well so you know it's kind of they've they've spent this money and i think they're gonna have to really invest time in him to to make sure that he develops properly yeah it's interesting especially that it's united because Zaha, of course, went there on his own when he was younger, didn't work out, then he came back. Do you think he would have given a glowing recommendation? <laughs> Probably not, but um, I guess you could, you could kind of draw some parallels with the situations, you know? I mean, Solskjaer, um, despite having that amazing start, um, ended last season kind of, you know, he's still not convinced a lot of people. And one of the reasons that I don't think it really worked for Zaha there was because... 
well, a first of all, he wasn't he wasn't Moyes' signing; he was Ferguson's. Um, but Moyes was a manager under pressure, and kind of you know he he was relying on experienced pros to try and get him out of a sticky situation. Um, so you do kind of wonder, say, if United were to have a tricky start to next season, Wan Bissaka doesn't hit the ground running, whether you know if Solskjaer does put his faith in a player who hasn't played regularly at, that, at this level for that long. Um, but at the same time, you know, he is social signing. He's. It sounds like he was the one who really wanted the club to go after him. So you can kind of only hope that even if, even if his form is patchy at the start, that they will kind of back him and they hopefully will have learned from their last Zaha. Yeah, obviously, conversely, the the upside is that you get fifty million, but you do lose a player on the pitch, and you can't just put that lump of money there. <laughs> Are there any players that uh, you think? <laughs> Uh, you're looking at or you in particular think would would fit well at that right back spot for you next year unless uh is joel ward still there could, could he still do it yeah joel, joel ward is still there there's martin kelly who can play it right back as well but i think um wambasaka just even uh, it, obviously as i've said the the situation that he came in it was kind of by chance but it it was sort of a, a very a very welcome one because at, at the time we were really having problems with that right back position um at the time, anyway, Joel Ward's form had kind of dipped. Um, he he played. He made a couple of appearances last year, filling in at left back towards the end of the season and looked good. But I think long term, he's not really going to be be the solution there. Um, in our in our first preseason preseason friendly last night against um, FC Luzerne, I believe it is, um, a youngster called Tyrick Mitchell played, and uh, apparently in the second half he made a. He made a he made a last ditch slide tackle, which obviously had a lot of people drawing comparisons with Wambasaka, and so it was filling up with um <laughs> with a tweet saying that we've already found a replacement. But I think we we it's definitely a position that we're going to need to add someone. Um, we were linked with Max Ahrens at Norwich, um, and apparently made a very derogatory ten million pound bid for he was considered to be one of the best young up and coming stars, which probably. Is was a bit hypocritical of us having thrown Arsenal's opening Zaha bid back in their face, but um, I think he's gone on to sign long-term contract with him with uh, with Norwich, so um, so he's probably off the table. Um, Timothy Castagna is another one we've been linked with from from Atalanta, um, but as I was saying to you before, I think this this one's a bit strange. It seems to it seems to be a product of some some fake Twitter rumours, and you know if you look a little bit further into that one, he's at a club who's playing in the Champions League next season. Um, so, you know, it would be a big ask and it would probably require a lot of money uh, for us attempting to come here. Uh, I'd, I'd quite like us to, to have a look at some other younger fullbacks that are out there. You know, there's uh, Reese James, who was good at Wigan last season. He's been a name that's been mentioned. Even Carl Walker-Peters, you'll probably know more about whether he'll get game time next year than I, than yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, but, a um, for him would not be can, surprising. Yeah, with it, I've been impressed on the, on the few occasions that I've seen him and... You know, it's whether he's going to get in front of Trippier or Rory um, next season, you don't really know. So I'd like us to maybe have a look at him. But then I think the most likely um, is probably Nathaniel Klein, uh, who I mentioned before. Uh, obviously, at a club in Liverpool who probably don't really need him anymore. Went online to Bournemouth last year. Actually got completely rinsed by Zaha on the last day of the season, which wouldn't bode well. But <laughs> he wouldn't, he's not the first player to have have experienced that in the past few seasons so i think that might be the most convenient move you know he he knows the club um we know him and he's still you know he's still relatively young and would be able to give us a good few years so i think i wouldn't be surprised to see that move happen 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gotcha. Well, that, that's certainly a position need. And like I said, I think Walker Peters, see you on loan, would make a lot of sense if we keep both Trippier and Aurier. I personally think that Walker Peters might be... Hmm, that's controversial. I was going to say he might be the best of the bunch at this exact <laughs> moment, considering Trippier's regression and Aurier's injuries and just wackadoo crazy play style um but yeah i think if we were wanting to get him minutes i think he and carter vickers would be the two that kind of came through the academy that we'd like to see get a premier league loan this season if they don't break into the first team um so yeah i I could totally see that you mentioned uh zaha there and arsenal's rebuffed bid where they were like 40 million and you were like absolutely not (laughs) and then people were like but it might still get done but there was no follow-up it sounds like um what did you make of that whole situation and the idea of arsenal bidding that low considering that your valuation of him has been quite public for a couple years now yeah i mean it was actually it was a it was a more sort of worrying scenario than it kind of has been in the past you know he's always been linked with teams there's always been rumors of bids um but there's never been the kind of volatile situation where you've also got his brother speaking in the media um Zahar even doing interviews with newspapers and it's just kind of like it's a bit of a poisonous mix and it sort of gives you the impression that um it's you know there might actually be to it something to it on this occasion i mean i think we've We've known that Zaha wants to go on and play at a higher level, but at the same time, there has to be a deal done that's going to suit the club. And, you know, I think making a bid of 40 million for a player who has been probably, well, you know, not the sole reason, but the main reason that Palace have sort of maintained their Premier League status over the past past few seasons, making a 40 million pound bid just days after uh, Wan-Bissaka, who's only had a season in the Premier League, has gone to United for 50 million. I think it was just a very, very odd thing to do from Arsenal. Obviously, it's going to, it's something that's going to unsettle the player. It's going to maybe push him to put in a transfer request and lower that valuation. But as I mentioned before, Steve Parrish isn't really a man who is going to let the club have its pants pulled down. 
Um, so I think he's going to kind of stand firm with that valuation unless Arsenal sell some players, find some new funds down the back of the sofa or convince Stan Kroenke to, you know, dig into his pockets. Um, I think he'll still be at the end of the summer. But, you know, someone could yet come in and there's always there's always the possibility that Arsenal's interest could flush out um, could flush out a bigger club in the Champions League because I think that's ultimately where Zaha wants to be playing. Um, and I personally don't really want to see him go to Arsenal either. I think um, I think I'd like to see him play in the Champions League if he were to go. I'd actually like to see him go abroad. But do you think that would be more tolerable from the Palace fan base if he left to go to the heights like that rather than somebody just in the Europa League? You know, I think uh, I think so. It's that's what he's spoken about in the past. So it would be maybe. Not a kick in the teeth because you can understand him moving to a bigger club, but at the same time, he, if he if he is really going to go on and does want to play at that higher level, you'd like to see see him playing at the pinnacle. Um, you know, I don't know whether he would be the difference between Arsenal getting back into the Champions League or not. Um, so, but then you know, it kind of there is limited where he would go. He's sort of he is a London boy. I think he likes it. He likes it down here. Um, one place where I would like to see him is actually PSG. You know, he's um, from the Ivory Coast. He's a French speaker. Um, they've probably got the money to buy him, whereas other clubs outside of outside of the UK might not. Um, so that could be one potential destination. But you know, Arsenal, the only club, have really been linked and shown some concrete in, in interest so far. And I think a lot of other clubs are basically being put off by his valuation. But you know, I said I've I've always said in the past that his his valuation might seem might seem outrageous, but it's basically the value of Premier League survival to Palace. So right. it's got to be a deal which is fair for us. Yeah, it might not be his value in the open market, but it's his value to you. And exactly. So that's what people have to pay to get him out. Yeah, and you know he's under a he's under he signed a five year contract last year, so um, we're not Very really under leverage. any pressure to sell. And um, and the thing with Zaha is a guy who loves playing his football. Like I could not. There's been talk of him, you know maybe boycotting training and kicking up a fuss, but I just genuinely could not see that happening. I think if the transfer window slams shut and he was still at Palace, I think he'd just get on with it. Yeah, I think that's the most likely as well. If you had to take a guess, do you think that Wilfred Zaha is in your squad on match day one? Yes. <laughs> Did that sound convincing? Uh, um, no, had an <laughs> upward inflection. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um, uh, it's just it's so hard to say. Just you never know. I think I, as I mentioned before, the the kind of the factors feel a bit different on this occasion. It does feel like it could get a bit messy. Um, his brothers kind of it's it's a weird one because I think they've got into a football agency and might be getting if he were to leave might be actually getting some some sort of reward financial reward themselves. So it might even be in their best interest if he were to if he were to move on, but. I don't know. I think I still don't, I still don't think Steve Parrish will cave. Um, if he were to leave, like I said, I think it'll, it'll, it will be for a lot of money because there's there's absolutely no reason Parrish should be selling him for any any less than they think he should be going for when he's under such a long contract. So I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'll still be there. I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. We'll put put your money down now, everyone. Um, Zaha <laughs> will still be at Palace come week one. Um, obviously, your squad probably needs bolstering outside of just uh, the right-back slot or if Zaha goes, uh, somebody in attack. What other positions do you think you're either looking to fill or, or do you think should be filled um, by the start of the season? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, we've been linked with, um, oh, I forget his name, he plays for, he plays for Nice, um, St. Maximin, and he, um, you know, I don't actually, I put, as you can probably tell from the way I attempted to pronounce his name, I don't know that much about him, but having, I've watched, obviously watched a little bit of UD, um, he kind of has a touch of that, you know, when, when he's very, very young and like when Zaha was coming through, he didn't really have that end product, um, but he's very pacey, um looks like you know a player is going to cause defenders problems but as soon as he gets into that final third he sort of maybe doesn't get his head up and overhits a cross or basically a lot, a lot of the things that Zaha used to do when he was first breaking onto the scene um so I guess he would be he would be a welcome addition uh just as you know to take some of that weight off of Townsend and hopefully Zaha if he's still here um other positions I think we should be looking at a kind of a centre midfield we never really um we never really properly sort of set had a settled midfield last season and it's it's also an aging one um as good as Luka Milivojevic is and he will be for the next couple of seasons he's still he's still pushing on a bit you've got James MacArthur who's um who was kind of you know not able to finish games last season because of his fitness um so yeah I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised if we went after another centre midfielder uh the left back position is one which is been uh yeah a bit of a problem towards the end of last year with Patrick Van Arnholt running out of form um Jeffrey Schlock kind of moved into midfield as well so whether we kind of looked to add someone there but you know the the thing the thing with the transfer window so far is that we haven't really been linked with too many players um there's also talk of a there's also talk of our American owners looking to sell which isn't kind of you know the best um the best mix for a club to be spent to be spending a lot of money and you doubt that if they're looking to looking to offload that they'll be committing much money to it i guess one other position though which is obviously always the glaring one with us it would be a center forward um there was there was talk at the start of the transfer window of benteke moving to china um but he soon he soon poured water on those rumors himself and said that he wanted to stay and fight for his place which is Probably because he's on such a big contract and he's only got one year left, so it might be worth a go. Um, but I think a lot of us signing another striker maybe depended on him leaving. So if that doesn't happen, then I suspect that we'll be sticking it out with him or maybe trying to bring in someone else on loan. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's been pretty quiet on our front so far, and it's kind of it's something that's come as a result of how much we've spent in previous transfer windows and as I mentioned before was kind of trying to level, uh, level out the wage bill to fit with um, financial fair play so I think we're very much in a position where you know we need to we're, we're going to be selling more before we buy um, hopefully we'll spend a little bit of the wan money though but there's also the stadium reconstruction to pay for as well so exciting times we shall see yeah then on the other way uh, any players at Palace that you think might still be on the way out uh, with the exclusion of Benteke who you just touched on yeah, another one, I guess, you'd, we'll probably have to try and find that balance, right, between whether we are going to lose any more players and if we think we've got enough time in the window to sign anyone else. Um, I think one player who's always kind of, his future always seems a little bit uncertain is Mamadou Sako. Um, you know, the circumstances under which we signed him were quite strange and that he'd sort of fallen out of favour at Liverpool and... Um, their demands for him are quite hot. The feel they wanted for him were quite high, but we'd obviously seen how much of a difference he made to us during a short period on loan. Um, but he does always look like a player who is who should be playing at high level. 
and there's always been kind of reports in French media that he's spoken about wanting to play in the Champions League again, um, wanting to return to the French national team. <clears throat> Whether he still has that those ambitions, I don't know. But um, if there were to be anyone else that I had kind of like an inkling about leaving, it would probably be him. But at the moment, there's not really been too much linking our players with moves away otherwise. Gotcha. So it sounds like kind of a boring uh, summer there for Palace, just barring any late moves for Zaha. Yeah, just um, that's pretty much it. We're all just sitting by our computers at the moment, waiting for <laughs> dreading the worst news. But um, as I said before, fingers crossed. I think uh, keeping Zaha would be as good as any new signing would be. Mm, fair enough. All right, well, we will leave things there. Uh, tell the folks where they can find you. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on, Kev. Um, I've been Sam Carp. You can find me at Sam double underscore Carp on Twitter. Or you can find some of my longer ramblings on Sports Pro or the Eagles Beak. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again for joining us. Hopefully you get to keep Saha and I'm sure we'll speak soon. <laughs> deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.